Welcome to the Legally Speaking Podcast, presented by STBB. A conversation dedicated to answering your legal questions and a platform where our team of specialist attorneys share their expert advice and legal know-how with South Africans. Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Legally Speaking. Today's topic are some frequently asked questions regarding labor law here at STBB. And presenting with me today is James Foxcroft, who is our specialist in labor law and labor relations. So we're just going to start off today with some frequently asked questions that we've received over the last few years. And let's see if we can just get through a couple of these today. So first question is, what must you pay an employee on their retirement? For example, even a domestic worker. Very simply, uh, there is no requirement in our employment law um, to make any sort of retirement or pension payment to an employee upon retirement. Very often it occurs, employers will very often give their domestic workers, for example, I see it all the time, um, a gratuity. But that's all it is, it's a gratuity. But most importantly, the principle is, is that there is simply no obligation to pay a pension to an employee upon their retirement or, in fact, during their retirement at all. Okay. And in the event that you are retrenching an employee, is it enough to pay severance when you need to retrench an employee? Crops up all the time as well. Um, retrenchment obviously very different from retirement. Retirement is generally reached, for example, at a certain age, an agreed-upon age, and we'll get there later, um, whereas retrenchment is what occurs when an employer's operational needs change. Okay, so they want to make more profit, or they're not making any money at all, they need to cut costs, that type of example. And I think the reason why this question keeps popping up is that we're in a sort of a post-COVID hangover period, um, and the years 2020 and 2021, you know, retrenchment was very much commonplace in the labor market in this country, if not the world. And everybody knew somebody who had been retrenched, and it almost became too easy. Um, and two years later, it's still too easy in a sense. And there's this misconception out there that you can simply pay an employee what they are entitled to in terms of their severance pay, which is one week's pay per completed continuous year of service. So your domestic worker who's been with you for 10 years would be entitled to 10 weeks severance pay upon a retrenchment. Um, so that's very different from any sort of retirement pay. So that's, that's a, a statutory amount that is due if an employee is retrenched. But it is not the only requirement of a retrenchment, and this is the important part. In other words, you, you can't simply say to an employee, your employee, look, we've run out of money. Um, I'm going to retrench you. You've been here for 10 years. Here's your 10 weeks pay. Off you go. Okay. Fundamentally unfair. Okay. This is why I say it's a sort of a, a COVID thing almost, because that's what that there exists that that common misconception out there. So when you retrain somebody, there is a very specific procedure that you have to follow, not to actually facilitate the retrenchment, but in order to avoid the retrenchment. Okay, so it's a joint consensus-seeking consultation between the parties to try and come up with ways to save the job. Okay, the minute you ignore that and simply go off and pay a severance amount, it is unfair. Okay, so they're automatically unfair from that point. So what happens in an example, uh, say for example, your employee does something, uh, steal for example, if they steal from you, is it okay that you immediately dismiss that employee? 
So stealing is theft, which is an example of gross misconduct, which is defined in the Act. Um, gross mis misconduct would include theft, dishonesty, that type of behaviour. Okay, um, and quite specifically in the Act, um, an employer is empowered to dismiss summarily for gross misconduct. Okay, but subject to each case on its merits, subject to any mitigating circumstances, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And again, that question often pops up. Um, so I'll give an example. My employer stole, sorry, my employee stole 10,000 Rand from our safety deposit box. I immediately fired him. Now he's suing me at the CCMA. So there's a difference between immediately firing and summarily dismissing. Okay? So if you find somebody who has stolen something from you, that person still has rights. Okay? And, in, and if we were right to some sort of procedural fairness, okay, I'm not going to go into that because that's too technical. But for example, a written notice, an invitation to attend a hearing. Uh, we talk about Aldi Altrim Partum, which is the legal principle, let both sides be heard. Um, because very often there is another side to the story. And if you simply immediately dismiss, okay, or summarily dismiss, without that hearing, it's going to be unfair. Um, so it is quite possible and you are empowered to dismiss summarily but only after following due process in other words a notice a proper hearing listening to both sides and making a decision at that point you could potentially dismiss summarily okay but that would never be on the on the day that for example yep. you discovered the theft it would have to be a few days later after a process has been followed yeah understood and if i can ask a, just a question for myself here um, if you um, were to dismiss someone would they be entitled to a severance pay? Absolutely not. So severance pay is only linked to retrenchment. Okay. Retrenchment is a form of dismissal. Okay. Let me take half a step back. There's five forms of dismissal. Misconduct, which we've spoken about, for example, theft. We've spoken about retrenchment, okay, mm -hmm. which is when the operational needs have changed. Then you get a dismissal for poor performance. In other words, employee simply cannot perform the duties and functions for which he or she was hired. Then you get what we call constructive dismissal, which follows a resignation. I won't go into that. And then you get a termination. It's not really a dismissal by agreement. Okay. okay. So going back to your question, your question was, just remind me. Um, uh, oh, is there any severance payable? Yes. So severance only follows a retrenchment. Okay. okay. If you get dismissed, um, you're not entitled to severance pay. Okay. Uh, you're entitled potentially to your notice pay if you are dismissed on notice. Okay. okay? Um, and any leave that you've accrued. That's, that's sitting in your, in, in your leave balance, but no severance pay. Okay. Um, and then just getting back to these questions over here. Uh, say, for example, I buy a business as a going concern. Must I retain the business's employees? Absolutely. Okay. So that's very, very specifically regulated in terms of the Labor Relations Act. Um, and I try and explain it in a very bad way sometimes. So when you buy the business, you have to treat the employees that are currently in the business as sort of furniture. So you're buying it lock, stock, and barrel. Okay. Okay. And the employees come across. You understand? Yeah. Um, if you don't take the employees across, that would be an, an unfair dismissal. Okay. Okay. And they also have to come across, not only do you have to take them across, but you also have to take them across on terms and conditions that are no less favorable than they were prior to purchasing the business. Okay. So if somebody's earning 100 grand a month, and he comes across, now you know that you have to take him, but you can't pay him 100 grand, so you just reduce his salary to 50 grand, okay? That would be unfair, it's a, it's a term and condition that is way less favorable. Okay, okay. Um, and then, if my employee is simply unable to perform their role, may I then dismiss that employee? 
Yeah, so I touched on that earlier. So that would be another type of dismissal. That's incapacity. Okay. Um, again, uh, following due process. Okay. Incapacity, poor performance, one of the most difficult dismissals. It's not as simple as, okay, I stole 10,000 Rand from the safety deposit box. It's, I, you know, you hired this person. And before you hired this person, and the reason why I'm saying this is to try and explain the logic of the, the rules that then follow. So when, you, when as an employer you hire somebody, that's your opportunity to work out whether this person is appropriate and fits the job description, et cetera, et cetera, and it will, will be able to, to perform the function for which he or she is hired. Okay? That, that's the employer's opportunity. The minute you hire that person, okay, and now you discover after the fact um, that there is an incapacity issue, that the employee simply cannot perform the functions. Okay? It now falls on your shoulders as the employer to try and fix that problem, that incapacity. Okay. Okay. Very briefly, just to explain because how difficult it is. Um, it's a five-stage process. First three are easy, so you have to tell that employee what is required of him or her. So it's sort of a, a KPA or a key performance or goals or targets. Okay. okay. So a salesman, you're expected to sell X amount of goods per month, for example. Point one, point two, it has to be in writing. Point three, it has to be reasonable. Okay? That you would normally see upon employment. Okay? Then you discover that an employee still can't meet that target, which is a reasonable target and it's in writing. Okay? So now you've got to train, guide, and counsel. Okay. And I'm quoting specifically from the act there, that employee to try and improve, in other words, to try and rectify that incapacity and that poor performance. Okay? If that fails, well, sorry, before that, so we've now trained guidance counsel. Then we've got to give the employee an opportunity to improve. So I send you to X university or X college or X course to go and do, to get your training in guidance counseling, and you come back and I give you a bit of time, so another month to see if you have improved. Only at that point can you consider going into a hearing and dismissing. So it's, it's, it's a long process. And is there a general reasonable term where that person has an opportunity to improve their performance or is that dependent on different circumstances? It would very much be dependent on the circumstances. The thing about our labor law is it's all based on very subjective terms like reasonable, mm -hmm. fairness, but nowhere is reasonable or fairness defined. Yeah. So you would have to look at the circumstances. I would say, for example, if somebody had been there for two weeks and was utterly incapable and once we've gone through the first four steps, the, mm. you're talking about the opportunity. I would give that person another week, maybe two, to yeah. improve. But again, depending on the nature of the training, what is required, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So I think each, each case on its merits. Yeah. All right. So we have another example here. The contract of employment with the employee states, either party may terminate employment on written notice. In these circumstances, may I simply dismiss on the agreed notice period? It crops up all the time, and it seems strange um, that parties would agree that either party may terminate the relationship on, for example, four weeks' notice. That looks like an agreement, and it is an agreement in contract. Okay, But in labor law, we have the contract, and then we have an overriding, what I call an umbrella body of law, which is the Labor Relations Act. Okay, So everything done in that contract must be done according to the Labor Relations Act. Okay, The Labor Relations Act says... It's fine to contract like that, and it's fine to contract that either party may terminate on written notice, but there's a qualification, and the dismissal or the termination per the contract must be done for a fair reason. Okay. So it is not, 
it is not good enough to simply say, and honestly, it, it crops up all the time, but we agreed that I could terminate. An employee can terminate. So, an employee, so both parties will have the same amount of notice. Okay, okay? Yeah. So an employee, for example, because he's not governed by the LRA, in the Labor Relations Act in this particular sphere. So an employee can say, well, I resign and I'm giving you four weeks notice. That's the end of that. That's per the agreement. Okay. An employer can do the same, but he has a second rule to follow, which is the LRA, which says that dismissal must be for a fair reason. Okay. And those fair reasons, are they listed in the Act? Or are those also based on circumstances, depending on what's happened? or They're listed in, in general terms. So okay. misconduct, performance, and retrenchment. Okay, so all, all right. of those three could potentially be fair reasons, but again, each case on its, on its merits. So right. theft could be and generally is a reason, a fair reason for dismissal. Um, we spoke about incapacity earlier. So once the five steps have been followed and there's still no improvement, then dismissal in terms of the contract for incapacity could be a fair reason. Okay, okay and we also spoke about retrenchment briefly. Um, so dismissal in terms of the contract or termination of the contract on the, on the notice, again, if it's done in terms of the LRA, which is a fair procedure, a consultation, um, and, the, and thereafter payment, um, that would also be a fair reason. But you can see there, going back to the previous question, how with retrenchment you need the written notice, you need consultation, um, there needs to be a fair reason, and then a payment. If you simply make the payment, you haven't followed the Labor Relations Act. Your reason for the termination in yep. terms of the contract is unfair. Okay. And then just a question about retirement. May I retire an employee when they reach the age of 65? Many, many years ago you could, yes. Uh, so Labor Relations Act very specific about this. Um, you may only retire an employee at an agreed upon or the normal retirement age. Remember what I said earlier about the Labor Relations Act being somewhat subjective? Right? Yes. Again, a normal retirement age is not defined. Okay, Agreed upon is easy. Okay, And we'll touch on this later in terms of an employment contract. So anything in an employment contract is an agreement. So if the parties agree in an employment contract, that the employee will retire, for example, at the end of the month in which he or she turns 65. Okay, now we've followed the terms prescribed in the Labor Relations Act. Okay? Yeah. So at the end of the month, when he, he or she turns 65, that is a fair retirement. Okay. If there is no clause, then we fall back on this normal retirement age. That's difficult. Okay. So you would have to show in your company that for a fairly lengthy period of time, you have always retired people at the age of 65, and no discrimination there. Okay. I can't retire Joe at 62 because I think he's getting old, and Mary at 65 because, well, she lasted a bit longer, for yeah. example. There has to be a, an absolute yardstick. Yeah. So that's dangerous. Um, so, But the simple answer to the question is no. As an employer, you, you unilaterally cannot simply say, I'm retiring you. Yeah. Agreed upon or normal retirement age. And then just linking to that normal retirement age, if someone was, if you thought that they were now too old to do the job, you would actually rather rely on something like incapacity. Perfect. Thank you so much for being here today with us, James. I think that was such an informative session um, just regarding all of these misconceptions and these common questions that a lot of people would approach us with. Um, I actually think that we're going to make this a two-part series. So um, next week or um, one of the following episodes, I think we'll focus on maybe a different aspect of labor law. But for today, thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. Thank you.
And then if anyone has any questions or needs legal advice, please contact labor at stbb.co.za. Legally speaking, this podcast has come to an end. Thanks for joining the conversation. And if you like what you're hearing, visit us at stbb.co.za for more info.